Hello and welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading. My brows are waxed, my hair is relaxed, I have thrown an entire boyfriend in the bin, and we're going to be talking about incest. I mean, how does one follow that? We're talking about Oedipus the King or Oedipus Rex, depending on which source you're looking for. And then you accidentally find the Cambridge version that's in ancient Greek and you're like, well, screw this. No. And then you find a weird adaptation from the 70s that looks like it's going to turn into a swinger party and everything goes wrong. Tori, how many times have I talked about Law & Order SVU to you recently? Uh, at least 10. And I, I'm not complaining about it. Matthew Lillard with that really bad mustache. Matthew Lillard and his mustache with Carol Burnett. With with some great Carol Burnett in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, you sent me that link and then you buried the lead. I was like, what? Honestly, I forgot Carol Burnett was in that episode because the link was Matthew Lillard and his mustache do some acting. And I was like, okay, I would like to see Matthew Lillard and his mustache do some acting. And I forgot that episode. That's like early seasons of Law & Order SVU. So I had forgotten that episode and then they pan over, there's a whole ass Carol Burnett. I forgot, I didn't bury shit. I'm sorry, my brain is just like a whole ass Carol Burnett. She's right there. She's just, there's a whole ass Carol Burnett right over there. I forgot too. So I was like, oh shit. I was too busy focused on Matthew Lillard and his horrible mustache that I forgot there's a whole ass Carol Burnett who murdered her husband. Very distracting mustache. It's, it's a terrible mustache. But uh, hello, there's been a lot going on in the world, uh, in my world personally, but I'm glad to be back in studio with one of my favorite people on earth who's yet to take me to Costco. I'm I'm sorry. We need to go. Who who refuses? Who denies me my right to a dollar fifty hot dog? I'm, I'm the Stannis Baratheon of Costco <laughs> who has denied me my right. I've earned it. Does that make me Melisandre? Because when I have makeup on, aka the necklace, I look amazing. But otherwise, I look like a bridge troll. <laughs> so I saw so many Melisandre memes that are just like what the boy thinks he's getting and then like what he's actually getting and it's like that's dating a cosplayer when you take off the shapewear and everything that's what i really look like just like a haggard saggy troll <laughs> with like three pieces of hair i think the best part is if any of my friends are listening to this they're like no no no, no slay slay queen it's like no i look like shit a lot of times Please don't lie to me. I'm I'm in my 30s. Stop lying to me. I look like shit a lot of times. Like I just got my brows done. No one was gonna tell me that I had a brow that was up here in my hairline. I didn't see it. I didn't either, apparently. I also was like the worst beauty queen of all time. You like, weren't the worst. I'm just saying, like that sounded so shady. That was not my intention. No, it's fine. Like you I, weren't I, the worst. I was so appreciative. Like I loved, I loved reigning. I loved volunteering, but giving that like, well, not, you don't give the crown back, but like giving the title over. Oh, thank God. I was like, I don't have to pretend to be somebody nice on the internet. anymore. 
I'm surprised that you stuck in as long as you did. I was waiting for you to quit years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What did I make it like two years? And then I was like, wow, I really don't want to do this anymore. Almost like you're a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost like I'm like, oh, wait, I planned a trip for three weeks from now. Whoops. There's a deep cut. There's a deep cut reference. Also, Tori, do you want to talk about those loud ass tarot cards from this? Oh, week? my God. So. So for those of you who don't don't read tarot, um, if you end up doing a pull and you have all major arcana, that's screaming at you. That's that's my I mean, you shuffle the deck first, obviously, but like screaming at you like there are big changes that need to come. So Amanda screenshots this or screenshots or took a picture or whatever of her uh tarot read and send it over to and me mind you like i've been going through like some turmoil in my life you know i had a bad relationship you know work has been kind of a pain i have like some just i've, I've been going through a lot so tori do you want to tell the cards that came up for me i'm like i have to remember what they were exactly because i know i have so I the have first one was the hermit i'll never forget that the first one was the hermit of like you don't want to be here which i've never wanted to be here accurate Accurate. I don't yeah. realize like how often I text you in a day until I need to scroll. So my first card was the hermit. And that card basically symbolizes how I feel about myself. Accurate. What I need most right now was the death card, which symbolizes radical change. And I won't bore you with the entire spread. But the last one was my fears were the world, which... I'm afraid of everything. I have never had a tarot spread yell at me so aggressively. And I sent it to Tori and I was like, hey, so these cards are yelling. She's like, oh, fuck, they're screaming. <laughs> I'm just really happy you didn't have the tower. <laughs> yeah. I'm also RIP those Maldivite girlies that are, you know, still picking themselves off from the bridges they leapt from years ago. It's the time I tell you that I have a Moldavite ring and I love it. <laughs> Tori, I know you have Moldavite. I don't need, I didn't need you to tell me that. I knew. <laughs> Everything about you is I'm a Sagittarius with Moldavite. So here's the thing. Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius rising, Taurus moon. Taurus moon is the only reason I don't think I've thrown myself off a bridge yet. Cancer rising, Gemini. Cancer, Sun, Gemini, Moon, Libra rising. The only reason I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> it is Libra season. Uh, so we're talking about Oedipus Rex. Uh, what we're e eating and drinking is still dealer's choice. Uh, I think I saw Costco pizza in your hand. Am I wrong? Or am I, right? I had a bagel covered in uh, salmon and capers and cream cheese because I was feeling bougie. And there was a special <laughs> one at the grocery store this week. I do like salmon. Uh, I have an Irish coffee with uh, spiced rum because I was trying to imagine what my mother would drink if she was still alive and I didn't have access to wine coolers or my sadness. Amanda's tears. I didn't have access. I didn't have access to wine coolers or my 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 sadness, my my trauma. That just feels like my early twenties. Wine coolers and sadness. Mine was barefoot, bubbly, pink Moscato and sadness. That was my 20s. Oh, and the Sangrita swirl from On the Border. Ah, uh, yes. 
the margarita sangria mix specifically from on the border because I'm from North Texas. We don't have we don't have authentic anything up there, but we have on the border. <laughs> on the border is the restaurant that we went to after our entire mortgage company collapsed in the 2007 yep. uh, recession. <laughs> I worked for a mortgage company for four months right outside of college. I was making way more money than I had any right to make right out of college. And then it was like, surprise, recession. I graduated with an English degree in 2012. And marched my ass directly off the stage into working at the mall. <laughs> so do you want to talk about uh, Oedipus and his uh, not-so-great journey. Yeah, so fun story. It kind of depends on who you are. I've heard a lot of British people refer to him as Oedipus. Um, Americans okay, usually we're not going to have the aluminium pedophile Oedipus <laughs> thing. We're not doing that today. It's Oedipus. <laughs> I kind of want to my friend and just be like, you're British. So just as... The only <laughs> one that I'll accept is I will accept Uranus rather than Uranus because there's actually been like scientists have had a hard time studying Uranus because no one takes it seriously but like it's one of my favorite planets on Uranus the carbon in the atmosphere is so pressurized that it rains liquid diamond sounds so fun until they hit you in the face I mean yeah like it's not yeah, everyone's like, oh my God, I'd love to see, like, everyone I tell that fact, like, I'd love to see it, like, oh, you want to be, in you think rain is hard. It's, di bro, it's diamond. There are oceans of liquid diamond on Uranus. That's, but scientists can't study it the way they want to. Like, they're trying to actually send, like, a, a lander, a probe, like they did with Curiosity, to Uranus, but they can't because every headline just says NASA to probe Uranus. And no one takes it seriously. But it's actually like really serious business and really cool. Sorry, the 12 year old in me is over here going, don't laugh, don't laugh, laugh. Okay, right. so I love it has been a very quiet morning. And then the second we start recording, it's just been nonstop like emergency vehicles outside. And I'm like, what happened? What did y'all do? They, they heard that I'm that I'm loose and I'm free. They heard that I they heard that I've escaped. I threw the whole boyfriend in the bin. <laughs> Straight in the dumpster, put the locks on it. Oh maybe not. God. Maybe let the bears get into it. No, I don't want to wish him ill. I'm not that kind of kitchen witch. Can I wish him ill? Sure. Okay. Uh so do you want a short story long, which somehow is still longer than the mm -hmm. actual thing? Yes. So Thebes has been hit by a pretty nasty plague, as we usually see when it has something to do with the gods anyway. Mm -hmm. And the citizens gather around the palace to beg Oedipus the king to take action and save them. He's like, no worries. I already sent my brother-in-law, Creon, to the Oracle at Delphi to find out what to do. So for those of you who don't know, the Oracle at Delphi is somebody who supposedly gets messages from Apollo. We found out years later it may have been more due to a gas leak. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it was... <clears throat> Probably methane. <laughs> uh, Creon comes back from his journey is like, okay, so the plague will end when the murderer of the former king of Thebes, Laius, is caught and kicked out of the city. So basically mm -hmm. this king was killed. Oedipus shows up shortly after. He marries Jocasta, who was the queen. And they're like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. 
set up is, is like, well, I never saw the king alive, uh, so tell me all about this murder. And Creon says, well, Laos was killed by thieves when he rode out to talk to the oracle, and one of the men who traveled with him escaped alive. And Oedipus declares that he will solve the mystery and vows to drive out the curse and drive out the murderer. Now, mm -hmm. keep in mind, anytime somebody in a play or anything like that that involves the gods makes a declaration or a vow, they're supposed to stick to it. With yes. Usually horrific results. You see this a lot in Icelandic sagas, too. Anyway, to quote Eddie Izzard, oh, stupid man. Anyway, Oedipus calls out for the blind prophet Tiresias to tell him what he knows about the murder. And Tiresias is super cryptic. And he's like, oh, God, <laughs> I wish I didn't know the truth because the truth is just going to cause a lot of problems. And he's yep. like, oh, trust me, you don't want to know. And Oedipus is like, you know what? You're a bitch. And he goes, uh, I bet you're the murderer. And Tiresias is like, you want to square up? You want to square up? I am a prophet that spent seven years as a woman. I'm blind. I do a shit ton of stuff. I hit snakes in the head. What do you want? And he goes, you know what? You know what, Oedipus? You are the murderer. And Oedipus is like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> so he accuses Creon and Tiresias of conspiring against him. And then he tells Tiresias that he's being insane and he's going to charge him with being insane, which you can do evidently if you're king. Let's say you could just charge someone with insanity. Yeah. He's like, well, if you know so much, Tiresias, how come there was a plague before and you didn't do a dang thing, huh? And he's like, well, during that time, there was a sphinx that was holding the city captive. And she said no one could uh, leave until the riddle was answered. And Oedipus is like, oh, yeah, I was the one that solved that problem. Tiresias is like, listen, I'm a legitimate prophet. Your parents trusted me back in Corinth. Calm nine tits. He's like, how do you know my parents? Tiresias is like, listen, I'm leaving. Throws out one final riddle and says, Laius's murder will turn out to be both the father and brother of his own children and the son of his own wife. Which everybody goes, what the fuck does that mean? So Oedipus th ends up threatening his brother-in-law, Creon, with death for conspiring against him. Jocasta, Oedipus's wife, and also the former wife of the murder, Laeus, comes and is like, why are you yelling at each other right now? Oedipus is like, honey, the prophet said I murdered Laeus. Jocasta's like, prophecies are fake as hell. She's like, back in the day, the Delphic Oracle told Laeus he was going to be murdered by his son, but uh, Laeus ha had his son killed. And then he ended up being killed by a band of thieves. So, like, what are you going to do? And Oedipus is like, <laughs> hold up. This sounds really, really familiar. She's like, well, Laius was killed at a three-way crossroads just before, or before you showed up in Thebes. And Oedipus is like, <laughs> fuck, I might have killed Laius. Uh, he says, when he was the prince of Corinth, he heard someone mention at a banquet that he was not really the son of the king and the queen. He's like, no, that's not true. So he went to uh, the oracle at Delphi, who did not answer him, but was like, you're going to murder your father and sleep with your mother. Which, for me, it just feels like Apollo is causing shit, and I love it. Anyway, Oedipus is like, well, screw that. He flees home to avoid the prophecy, but he ends up in Thebes. He's harassed by a group of travelers. He kills them in what he says is self-defense. and says the whole thing happened at the crossroads where Laius was killed. Mm -hmm. Oedipus sends for the guy who survived the attack. The man was a mm -hmm. shepherd. He's like, 
Here's hoping I wasn't the murderer. And a messenger approaches Jocasta and says, Oh, hey, uh, Oedipus's father, Polybus, in Corinth has died, and Corinth wants him to come back and rule. And Jocasta is thrilled because she's like, Boom, death by natural causes. The <laughs> prophecy is fake because the prophecy said my husband was going to kill his dad. <laughs> so Jocasta tells Oedipus the good news and rejoices, and he's like, Take that, Apollo. Prophecies are bullshit. Don't ever say take that Apollo. I'm just going to go ahead and stop you there. Please never say take that Apollo. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like it's like telling Zeus or Odin that you can't fuck that. I'm waiting for all the Odin people to come after me. Anyway. I was about to say Odin's not that bad. Like you can't like not like yeah. Zeus, no. Yeah, yeah, like that's not the same. That's no. I'm not even okay. like that pagan. I'm no, no, stop that. So anyway, Oedipus is still worried about the other part of the prophecy, which is sleeping with his mother, because his mother is still alive. In Corinth, he thinks. The messenger yes. is like, uh, don't worry about that. Polybus and Ropi weren't your biological parents. And he's like, what? He goes, the, me the messenger was evidently a shepherd and he came to Corinth. Um, he, he found um, Oedipus as an orphan. He was tending sheep and he finds his baby with its ankles pinned together, um, which is where the name Oedipus comes from. Uh, mm -hmm. The messenger took the baby to Corinth and the king and queen took the baby and were like, oh, this is amazing. Oedipus is like, wait, 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 you're with another shepherd? Uh <laughs> He, he's like a servant of Laius, right? And Jocasta's like, ha, ha, oh, this is starting to sound real bad. Really, really bad. Hey, Oedipus, why don't we stop asking questions? Maybe we should just kind of back off. And Oedipus is like, I took a vow. I'm going to go talk to the guy who found the baby first. <clears throat> the other shepherd comes in and says, I'm not telling you shit. Oedipus threatens to have the guy tortured. So he's like, okay, yeah, the baby I found was from the house of Laius. Jocasta gave the infant to the, to the servant, demanded that he kill the infant. Prophecy said that he would kill Laius. But the shepherd's like, I'm not going to kill a baby. He's like, if the kid grows up in another city, he'll be fine. So he passes it to another shepherd in Corinth. And Oedipus realizes at this moment that he has been sleeping with his biological mother and he has had kids with her. And he screams and runs back into the palace, but finds out Jocasta has already hung herself. So Oedipus pulls the pin from her robes and stabs out his own eyes. Yep. He emerges bleeding and begging to be exiled. He tells Creon to end or to send him away and to find his daughters Antigone and Ismene. And Creon is super stoked because his piece of shit brother-in-law is out of the way and now he can rule over Thebes. Uh to the tune of You Can Eat at Everybody's House, which is a sound I hear mostly on Black TikTok. Uh, why do we make kids read this? Well, usually we make college students read this. I read this in high school. <clears throat> you read this in high school? I read this in Antigone my freshman year of college. I read this in high school. I read this for the first time in high school. I, mean, I, didn't, read it. I didn't read Antigone until college. I have realized that a lot of what I read in high school on my own just as that's was probably not healthy. <laughs> I'm glad that you've come to that conclusion independently. 
Because I've been thinking it very loudly for years. Oh, I know. I've been thinking it very loudly for years. Remember, before we did this podcast, I used to think that Jane Eyre was romantic. I'm so glad that I was able to set you free. (laughs) I I now have to argue with people also with Wuthering Heights when they're like, whatever souls are made of, Heathcliff and mine are the same. I have to be like, that's not romantic. It's not written to be romantic. It's written to be like, oh, fuck. Also, see Tori and I, whenever people say Romeo and Juliet is romantic. Oh, God. Romeo and Juliet's a love story. Romeo and Juliet is a cautionary tale. Put your dick away. I feel like I want that on a shirt. But anyway, I can't, couldn't really no, walk around South Texas in a shirt that says... No. I can make it happen. That's the worst part. You say these things and you know that I can do it. Oh, Uh, I know. So so Tori mostly just wanted to talk about Tiresias, which is why I had to fill in every other symbol that actually is present in the work. Listen, I got really excited because I read the metamorphoses and I found out all about Tiresias and I got really excited. So Tori mostly wanted to talk about Tiresias. I'm going to let her but then we have to talk about the actual book still. Fine. Okay, so, so this does tie in a little bit. I mean, Tiresias is a character. Okay. Um, so he's one of my favorite people in mythology. He is a blind prophet. Mm-hmm. What's really crazy is he was out and he saw these two snakes that looked like they were getting it on and he hit them in the head and with a stick and they turned him into a woman for seven years. And then he found the snakes again, and he hit him again and became a man again. So, like, I don't know. That's just just my life here. Um, so he's very prominent in a lot of stories where you need somebody who's kind of creepy and mm-hmm. off to the side and just very, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this thing and you're going to be mad at me, but I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you in a way that will make everybody go, What? Um, he originally started his career in the house of Cadmus. So if mm-hmm. you read a lot of Greek mythology and some Roman mythology, you'll hear about Cadmus, who's a very famous king. Um, he mm-hmm. had a lot of family members that pissed off the gods or slept with Zeus. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons they keep bringing up Oedipus at the beginning, you know, um, basically like son of Cadmus, family of Cadmus, like it's supposed to be kind of like you're from this genetic line that everybody knows has already fucked up mm-hmm. or been fucked. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's what that is. Also, interestingly enough, during this time, plays were performed by volunteers and not usually mm-hmm. professionals. It was kind of mm-hmm. seen as like your religious duty to participate. Right. Um, because this was, you know, another oral story that was passed down, you know, things get changed up a little bit. Um, you can think about it like you're one, you're one community theater troupe, but like if they were Mormons on mission, I'll which sounds like hell. Like that, <laughs> that, that sounds awful. People make fun of community theater troops and it's a hundred percent understood. They deserve everything that they've ever had said about them, except for the one troop that put on Avenue Q when I was in college and they said during the ending song, which is for now, that uh, Rick Perry is only for now. And they had, I had never felt like better about anything. Also, 
Abbott has uh, increased his lead over Beta. I'm going to need you guys to to get your shit together. We cannot have another however many years of, you know, handy capable Trump. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. I know I that mean, you guys don't like it when we're overtly political, but <laughs> can I need you guys to get your shit together? Wait, when we, are we, we ever not overtly political? As I, I was about to say, but like we we can't do this again. I'm sorry. He's I don't, he's not going to take your guns away. He's not going to do any of those things. That's not. I, I need you to get your shit together, please. Anyways, uh, so Tyrese's is an interesting character that you. He's I guess like a part of like the mm -hmm. mythology cinematic universe where like he's just like a background. He's like Wong. He's like a background character that like everyone cares too much about. Shut up. You know I'm right. No, I'm just sitting here going Wongers. <laughs> I wish I liked that show. I, I wish it. Feel, I wish it made me it. feel anything. All I see is bad CGI, and that she's nothing like in the comics. I love Tatiana Maslany. I will watch anything she's in. It's a whole I thing. I fully respect your love, and I wish I had it. Oh, I am oh. such. I am one of those like Doom kids after like Endgame, where it's like none of this matters to me anymore. I don't care about any of you anymore. You've killed my father. <laughs> the oh, Spider-Man No Way Home was good and made me cry mostly because Willem Dafoe was amazing I'm gonna be honest I think the uh, most recent Doctor Strange movie was absolutely fucking terrible I think so most of, I, I didn't even like Thor Love and Thunder I it was okay Thor Ragnarok is one of my absolute favorite movies okay just, I don't like it I love it. Um, I that. Thor, Love and Thunder. I enjoyed seeing all the gods and seeing Bacchus make a joke that said, great joke, dad. Like that made me laugh my ass off. And mm -hmm. uh, and basically Russell Crowe being the old dude that runs the uh, the Greek restaurant and all of his kids hate him. Like that, that was pretty great. Um, Everything else though. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not on my top replay list. No, to be fair, the, the second Thor movie I've never been able to finish. I mean, and this isn't like my pedantic thing where I have to explain it to everybody that Loki is not Thor's brother. I know that they're based on the comics and not Norse mythology. Okay, like we're we're clear about that. Hella is not their sister. Done. But I don't think you are. No. I no longer have the sticker on my computer that says stop laying the children's movies for historical accuracy. That's on my old computer. You need to buy a new one. Uh, Smack. <laughs> Alright, don't on the top. So, we need to talk about free will versus <laughs> fate. And we also need to talk about the power of prophecy. Uh, you can think about prophecy like a little twist of lemon in your drink. Uh, I spend too much time on Utah soda TikTok because in Utah you can't have certain caffeinated beverages and you can't really have alcohol. So people have like Megasonics where you can just get like all different kinds of soda with like flavorings and milk and stuff. Like they treat like Coca-Cola like we do Starbucks. So you can get like a giant Coca-Cola with like the good crunchy ice, uh, but like with the 
with lime syrup and then like coconut milk and like that's like a thing over there i'm so confused yeah is utah okay i mean it's no. not like i think my favorite thing about utah is that if you look at a map of porn usage they have the highest porn usage in the country my favorite thing about utah is utah raptor what utah raptor is, is a giant thing? yeah okay what did you think Utah Raptor was? I'm just like, I don't even know anymore, okay? What did you think Utah Raptor was? Listen, how long we have been friends, every once in a while, something comes out of your mouth. Utah, I'm so afraid of what you thought Utah Raptor was. I was hoping it was the dinosaur. It's the dinosaur, Utah Glad it's not some cult. Oh, did you do you want to tell the listeners about how much I'm even having talking about giant dinosaurs that can kill us? Oh god, no. I don't want to die. Tori got to learn about this about the biting sperm whale. No, why? That had teeth the, the size of a T-Rex. Yes. I blocked this out from the start of the week. <laughs> that whole week has been insane. Y'all. Our week has been insane. If you want to track my mental health. So every day, every day Amanda starts the day off with mental health check. And some days we're like, well, I'm numb. And some days we're like, throw the whole day in the trash. Whole thing in the bin. And then usually after that is me hyper fixating on something that makes zero sense. Like that story about that Brazilian man that had his body disintegrate. Because he was probably exposed to alien radiation. Or the weird Russian baby that may or may not have been an alien. That got taken away. Yeah. What the? <laughs> you would the sad thing if like, if Babushka hadn't said shit to her neighbors. Alyashenka would be in like, to in like toddler clothes right now with its two fang teeth <laughs> and scaring the neighbor animals. What neighbor animals? Right, like Alyashenko would be the weirdest kid taking, like, you know, their Soviet school photos. Oh my God. R.I.P. Alyashenko. Anyways, I just imagined him as a little October. <laughs> With a little gold linen star and a little red shirt that doesn't fit around his non neck. What does Alyashenka take for school lunch? I don't know. What's in his pack lunch? Is it just like a beat? Just one beat? I don't even know. No. So, so free will is this idea that, you know, the decisions that we make as individuals are, you know, if I punch out my Yeti microphone, I made that choice. That was me. That was my brain. Uh, if you spend a lot of time with people that are neurodivergent, uh, you'll hear um, intrusive thought, like or like intrusive thoughts took over. So like, if you've ever been looking at something and you're like, I want to put my hand over this open flame, that's an intrusive thought. Or and sometimes, it yes. looks fun. I could jump into that. Yeah. 
Or maybe let's step away from that bridge. Not all intrusive thoughts are good. <laughs> a lot of intrusive thoughts are quite bad. But, you know, that would be an aspect of free will is that I made then the conscious choice not to punch this very expensive microphone, not to put my hand over the fire, not to yeet myself off of that bridge. But to many people, fate exists that there's this thread that has been spun by people and gods and goddesses that we're all basically acting out someone's very elaborate TTRPG. Where's the lie? But like there's, there's a non-insignificant amount of people that believe that right now we're all just someone's very, very disconnected and disorganized D&D group. We're, we're the adventure zone, but actually entertaining out of real representation. Hey. hey. Took a jab at the McElroy brothers. <laughs> Remember, as long as you're punching up, it's good. Just don't punch down. And punching up at three white men is always punching up. <laughs> three white men who are millionaires, that's always a punch up. Hang on a uh, second. I'm writing that down for a t-shirt. Just remember, if it's three white millionaires that are men, it's always punching up. Uh, but fate is, you know, it's a helpful tool to some. It helps them rationalize why things happen to them. Uh, it helps explain why the world is bad. There's entire ecumenical discussions in basically all religions about how much we have for, about how much free will we have and how much is fate. Usually specifically around the fact that if there is a God and or gods that love us or do not love us, why do good things happen to some people and bad things happen to others? Also see every conversation I had during my Catholic studies classes between 6th, 7th, and 8th grade after my father died. Because that was a huge sticking point for me. Was if you're going to say, oh, well, it was God's will to take your dad, why? It was God's will for you to go through this trial. Why? It was, it was in the cards. Why? <laughs> so no one likes talking about free will versus fate because then if you throw free will in that, oh, well, you know, sometimes a Hitler happens. Well, that's awful. Do we have an option to not have that happen? No, we're stuck. Great. So something that I find interesting, and yes, I always bring it into this in, um, in Norse belief and a lot of modern uh, Northern path pagan belief, there is this concept of the, the word in the Orlog, which basically is like, you picture your life on earth, you're brought here and you're put in a particular sandbox, almost like a video game. And there are different sandboxes, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's determined, is determined by your family and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, mm -hmm. within that sandbox, you are able to make choices. And those are the choices that you're allowed to make. You can't just decide to be a billionaire. You can't decide that you're going to jump out of this thing and go become Jeff Bezos. Um, but you have to, you can work within the confines of that. But you're mm -hmm. still going to have certain choices that are 
forced upon you. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the weirdest things in my mind that it's like free will and fate. And it's all kind of like thrown together as, well, maybe this is an option. However, you still have things like the gods acting upon you. You mm-hmm. still have um, certain things that are always going to play out, like in the concept of Ragnarok. Um mm-hmm. And we see this with, you know, Odin being like, hey, well, why don't we try to change this up? And then it causes a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we see here as well. It's this belief that, you know, Oedipus and Jocasta both are like, well, Jocasta mostly is like, prophecy isn't real. Prophecy isn't real. None of this is real. We make all of our own decisions. None of this happens. Mm-hmm. And she very understandably loses her shit when she finds out that the prophecy is real. And it's um, also like existentially mm-hmm. damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was in school, they taught us about Calvinism and predestination and double predestination. That basically like some people just go to heaven and some people go to hell. It doesn't matter. Like they're trying to fill a quota. So like, it doesn't matter if you were a good or bad person, just some folks going to go to hell. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why do I have any reason to not be a dick on earth if just some folks go into hell? It's like, well, then that's free will. No, fuck you and your free will. I don't want to do good things if I don't get anything out of it, which makes me a bad person, which I've never said I wasn't. You're like never morally gray. Amazon Prime Video, do not ask if I'm still there. Keep playing house in the background. <laughs> I So I'm going to be honest. So with my anxiety, I have a lot of symptoms that are very similar to ADHD. But it's not ADHD. You can only really get diagnosed with that by a professional. Um, I have reached the point in my life where I will be listening to an audiobook, get a phone call for work, move on to listening to a song, get another phone call from work, put on something in the background to watch, get another phone call, do something else for work. This is the part where I tell you that being on the phones right now at work is ruining my mental health. And every, I keep just being told, you have one more month of this and then you're done because this is part of my training. And I just want to be like, or, or you could stick to the fact that you told me that I was going to be on the phone for five to 10 phone calls a week instead of 110. I've done my years in Azkaban, okay? I've been in sales. Why did I know that that, why did I know that that was coming? I don't, why did Mm. I know that if I left you alone for five minutes, you would do that? Because I used to scream that about dating too. Do you want to talk about like actual irony? No, but yes. <laughs> so, irony is a term that I feel like Alanis Morissette ruined. Yes. Yes. Like, she just listed oh. a bunch of non-sequitur things and said it's irony. That's not what irony is. That's not what, no, Alanis. That's not what it means. <laughs> so, this play is actually ironic. The point being is that everyone's trying to run away from their fate only to catch up with that fate very, very much so. That is true irony. You having a weird moment at Starbucks isn't ironic. I doubt it's even serendipitous. It's Starbucks, Becky. 
so the interesting thing about this too is this is actually something that originated in greek tragedies it is um, you'll also hear it as dramatic irony or tragic irony and it is very much just a literary technique where we go okay we know mm -hmm. how this is gonna this is gonna play out right mm -hmm. we know how this is gonna play out this character has no idea so when you have Oedipus being like, prophecy is bullshit. We're like, oh God, Apollo is going to rip you apart. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So again, none of our readers are actually, are actually in school, but just know every time you use irony incorrectly, a little piece of me does die. Um, Don't tell them that. Then they have power over you. No, they don't. You know what was really weird. You blinked, and I heard this like clinking noise in the background. Oh, that was Google Hangouts. I don't know why is wiring through my mic, but yeah, that was. I'm not magic, not in that way. That um, was perfect. So sight and blindness. Uh, we see a lot of people that have the ability to see but cannot see. We have some seers who are blind. Uh, the, the trope of, like, the blind seer is a thing. Uh, actual blind people, TBH, hate it, which I get. I wouldn't want to, you know, be suffering from an actual disability and everyone think I'm fucking magic. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Uh, but the idea that, oh, you know, if you lose your ability to physically see, then, you know, you are open to visions of other things. Uh, as we talked about the Oracle of Delphi, that was probably just methane. Those bitches tripping. This bitch is tripping. Like, that's all we have. Um, and then at the end, you know, Oedipus blinds himself because, you know, it was with his eyes that the sin was committed and stuff like that. It's, listen, there's a lot of sight stuff that happens and works everywhere. But again, none of you are in school. And unless you are trying to impress someone on a hinge date, none of this is relevant. Also, don't ask someone that you just matched with if they're a virgin or not. Charles. Yeah. yeah, especially if, you know, the person has asked you what the last book is that you read and you say the, say Bible. the Bible. I think I think the phrase was the Holy Bible. No, it was just Bible. Oh. Which is somehow more suspicious. What Bible? Are you reading the King James Bible as in the Bible owned by King James where he was writing gay love letters in it? I don't, he was he was so gay. He was so gay. But no one and listened to him. So self-loathing. And so self and so gay. And He's so like, paranoid hey, and gay. I hate everything and everyone. Let's go kill a bunch of women and say that they're witches. But also, he really hated Catholics. Like, in all fairness, those Catholics did try to kill him that one time. <laughs> that one time they did try to kill him. But that's sight and blindness. Tori, we need to talk about someone that I like talking about too much, which is Sigmund Freud and the Oedipus Complex. I think my favorite thing about every text that I read preparing for this, which was mostly me just scanning through like the Harold Bloom version, um, is Freud, Freud, why did you call it the Oedipus Complex? Because this is nothing like, like the play at all. No. It's, this is nothing like the play. So Sigmund Freud 
had a lot of ideas. I don't think all of them are bad, but the way we interpreted them was bad, especially so many years removed from his death. So the Oedipus complex as an idea is that male children will formatively lust for their mothers and seek to replace their fathers as this like symbolic exchange of boy transitioning to man, but likely like happening to, in a too young of a stage. So, you know, and I'm using the deepest air quotes possible in Freud's eyes, it would make sense that, you know, a young boy, the most beautiful person to him would be his mother. And he would acknowledge that the relationship that he has to his mother is different than the relationship that his father has to his mother. And thus he would grow envious of not having that more treasured and more honored seat with his mother. Now, as an idea, sure, that checks out. I think a lot of kids go through something like that. Now, is it the thing we turned it into with pop culture and pop psychology where every boy wants to fuck his mom? No, it isn't that. It also isn't pathological in that if you are legit cuckoo crazy pants, that you can just slap on Oedipus Complex and walk away from it. Because as a theory, I don't think it's super unsound. The same with the sister complex, the Electra Complex. I can speak of that as a daddy's girl where there were definitely arguments that I had with my mom that were because I wanted my dad's attention in a completely not gross way and did see my mom as a quote unquote threat because of it. Now, again, does that mean that there was any misconduct to me and my dad? Fuck no. Does that mean that I wanted to kill my mother for the sake of supplanting her? Also, fuck no. Are kids weird? Yes. Mm -hmm. kids are very fucking weird so I don't hate this as a concept I hate what pop culture and society has made it into it isn't as simple as being a mommy's boy it isn't as simple as being a literal motherfucker like and even like girls having daddy issues you know I Tori and I both throw it around pretty glibly but like it's a real thing it is an actual thing to have the desire to have a man in your life that is stable when you've lacked that for most of your life. that There's a School of Life video about daddy issues and what they actually mean versus like just ascribing it to people. Like, yeah, it doesn't just mean that I like being choked in bed. That's not all that it means. <laughs> I love that you said that and then you just kind of got quiet and looked at me and I'm like, no, stop it. Stop it, get some help. That's not all that it means. Listen, I have no leg to stand on, okay? You don't. That's why I'm looking at you like that. You don't. I jokingly made a comment to my friend earlier this week that there was no way that Tom Hiddleston was not into BDSM. And she made me, well, she didn't make me. She encouraged me to watch the movie High Rise, which I did last night. And now totally I am 100% certain that this man just wants to be naked most of the time. I wish I found, I wish I saw what everyone else sees in him. It's the voice, man. It's the voice. I, it's I the voice think. and the obsession with Hamlet and knowing every fact about Loki and. Okay. Mm, it's very specific. Okay. It's a specific. It, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it is. Cause I'm like, I was never a, a Hiddle bitch. 
I was never one of them. I always thought he looked greasy and weird. Um, I'm only recently understanding some of the Cumberbatch stuff. I was downtown at work and I saw a shirt and I went back in time. This guy had on a BBC Sherlock shirt that said I'd been Sherlocked from the Irene Adler episode. I wanted to throw myself into traffic. I will not go back to Super Who Lock. You will not take me back there. Oh my god, I saw this TikTok video last night. It was cracking up because this guy was watching Supernatural and he goes, wow, this would actually really blend well with Doctor Who. And the girl looks at him and goes, oh my god, I think I'm dating someone who's too young for me. (laughs) Yeah, we we will not go back to Super Who Lock. I keep getting an itch to rewatch Supernatural because I really want to cosplay Supernatural again. But I know that if I open up that wound again, I will die. It will end in my death. I've only cosplayed Supernatural once. I can't go back. Do you want to know something really weird about me that now every listener gets to know as well? I was a Bobby girl. And look who I married. Think about it. Think about it. I don't think I've ever... I don't know what this feeling I have is inside of me knowing this outside of a very strong desire to just like put you in a bag <laughs> and carry you somewhere to safety. Because so, if I had known this sooner, I wouldn't let you do 80% of the things you've done. <laughs> I would have put you in the bunker because you can't be trusted. Because you can't be Like, you aren't capable of making good decisions. If I had known that sooner, I could have saved the trajectory of this entire planet. (laughs) Because I would have stopped you. Because clearly in that sentence, you've shown me that you are incapable of making sound and right decisions. Real quick question. Did you just accuse me of starting to bring about Ragnarok? Yes, I have. I would have put you in a bin in a closet because you've just demonstrated to me that you are not capable of making good and sound decisions. (laughs) Are you going to be okay? No. And I like Crowley too much. I don't even have a leg to stand on. I was one of his hoes. I love the TikToks. They're like, I have a type. I don't have a type. Surely this is just one a one-off. And then it's like all the characters. And every time I'm like, first of all, first of all. So this is very loud. you're probably going to have no idea what I'm talking about. But book talk does. Book talk does. I had a friend who was like, you should read the Akatar series by Sarah J. Moss, a.k.a. A Court of Thorn and Roses. Why does every basic white woman read A Court of Thorn and Roses? Because there is so much fairy sex in that series. I don't need fairies. What is with every basic white woman treats this like it is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because this is what happens. You finish that series, right? And you're like, I'm still horny. And then you move on to Katie Roberts. In my defense, I was reading Katie Roberts before. And now it is just a world of smut. Everything is smut. Tori, I've been writing erotic fan fiction since I was 15 years old. Do not cite the the old ways to me, witch. (laughs) 
Do not cite the deep magics to me. Witch. Like, I was, no. No. I was there when it, I wrote it. I wrote your deep magics. Fuck you. We are I mean, bringing that's back. Plan. Yeah. Oh my God, no. We are bringing back listener questions. I am so sorry that I've been too depressed to keep up with social media. Uh, we got one question from Jessica G. Thank you so much. Uh, it's better to give in to fate and just raise the future king at home so as to avoid the madness and confusion, yes or no. Uh, I feel like everything in this would have ended up poorly regardless. Yeah. Like someone would have like, it would have turned into like a Rube Goldberg machine and like a vase would get knocked over and the whole thing would just fall apart. It's very much... And this is this like very classic story of the man who tries to escape death and he finds out that death is supposed to come from that evening. So he travels to a very different city and then runs into death and death is like, oh, hey, I was expecting to meet you in this other place. And he dies regardless. Mm -hmm. Like that's very much what this is. It's this attempt to escape fate. And so then you end up lining up everything to make fate happen. Yeah, um, I, I think the way that this is written, there's no way that the the conclusion would not have ended up as it did. So, yeah. My brain goes, just goes, because it's all Tom Middleston right now, just goes, nothing matters! <laughs> I'm side-eyeing you so hard, I hope you know that. Like the it's man just, is so done with my shit right now. It is so. It, there is so much side eye that is present. It's just you like for it. I. I do treasure you. I think that you are a brilliant mind. I do. Brilliant mind who makes horrific decisions. Not horrific. Questionable most of the time. Yeah, I can't say horrific. No, not at all. Deeply questionable. Yes. Dude, I stayed yes. up to 2 a.m. reading a book about vampires. I mm. I don't have, I mean, you don't want to know what kind of fanfic I read on AO3 or the kind of fanfic I write on AO3. Does any of it have to do with Steed Bonnet and uh, Edward Teach? No, but I can find you some trans versions of that smut on the internet. Oh, there's a lot of it in a group I'm in. And it makes me laugh because they're really sweet about it. They're like, hey, guys. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't really read any of it. I haven't read any of it. Um, was it you? Who was it who I was talking to? And I jokingly said I was going to write Captain America Bucky fan fiction. And they said, don't bother. I can just send you some links. I can send you some links. I mean, there's links everywhere. There's I links love, everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And this is why I encourage my mom not to listen to our podcast. My aunts don't listen to this show, and every once in a while, I forget why I've told them never to listen to this show. Uh, but they knew that I wrote bad fan fiction. They found it when I was younger and told me that it was bad and it was against God. Congratulations. Still doing it. What is that one TikTok sound? It's like, you're right. I am doing blasphemy. Yes. And I will. Yes. Like, that's that's me. Uh so, yeah, I, Jessica, great question. I think the whole thing would have been fucked regardless. And, like, that sucks. I don't like that. 
like I think this whole thing would have been fucked either way. Which Put the whole king in the bin. Yeah, the whole just everything has to go in the bin. Unfortunately, everything needs to go in the bin. It's it's very inconvenient for everyone, but the whole thing has to go in the bin. Um, One of the things I really like about this play, too, is the fact that, like, in the Iliad, the gods are just there, right? They're there, they're interacting. In this, uh Apollo is blamed for a lot of stuff, but never shows up. Yes. There's There's never a deus ex machina where, like, God comes from heaven and, like, rescues them or something. It's just like... Oh, yeah, everything's bullshit, huh? Yeah, and you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so interesting to think of this play as one that is so heavily like fate versus free will is that there is not a lot of gods fucking around in this as there has been in other stories. Like, there's definitely stories that are basically just the gods playing chess with human beings. This one actually has very little god fuckery outside of Apollo, apparently ensuring that his handmaidens are poisoned by methane. Like because that's my favorite counter argument to it is the, the neo-pagans who are like, oh, so we know what happened to Delphi. It was methane. And then they say, Apollo put the methane there. I mean, I've heard those arguments in Christianity too. I'm, I'm, I, that was not said. Oh no, I know. know. Yeah, I'm not scapegoating Christianity. I'm just saying. (laughs) I do love that where it's like, oh man, he put the methane there. Where did the methane come from? Well, we found out where the methane comes from. Apollo Apollo sent the methane. Helios's cows farts like I don't know yeah he just put a bunch of cows underneath a rock and said be free do you want to talk about Sophocles I do uh, go ahead so he is only one of only a handful of Greek tragedy writers whose plays have survived in full um as in like we have full plays not as in all of his plays have survived because there are mm-hmm a lot of them and there's a huge list on wikipedia if you really want to see it um he was either born in 497 or 496 bc um time is a myth and then he either died in the winter of uh 406 or 405 bc so Mm -hmm. lived a pretty decently long life but um that's not the point so he won a ton of play competitions in his city state of athens and he was very well known out of 30 contests, he's won 24 of them, and he never scored lower than second place, at least according to records. This mm-hmm. could all be bullshit. We never know. Um, Oedipus, the king, and Antigone are part of what's called the Theban cycle, and it's the best known of his works. Um, so previously, in a lot of Greek tragedies, you had the chorus, which was the most important part. The chorus was like the one who told you everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that became really popular for Sophocles is he worked on the development of characters. He made the characters say their own things. He introduced mm-hmm. um, like an omniscient narrator sometime, or not an omniscient, like a third person narrator, somebody telling you what was going on that wasn't the chorus. Um, mm-hmm. And he helped develop dramas. Um, so the thing about him is that he ended up influencing a whole 
group of other writers. Um, mm -hmm. He was the son of Sophilus, who was a very wealthy man. He was likely born in Hippolos Colonius in Attica. Um, but again, the exact years aren't clear. His dad mm -hmm. manufactured armor, was super smart and very well loved. Mm -hmm. um, Sophocles took first prize in a competition and beat out a very famous Athenian playwright in 468 BC, which everybody's like, oh shit, who is this guy? Um, in 480 BC, he was asked to lead what is called the Paean, which is a choral chant to the gods to celebrate the Greeks beating the Persians at the Battle of Salamis. Mm -hmm. um, so basically like, hey, buddy, you're really good at this. Would you like to lead this basically big religious ceremony? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, I apologize because I'm going to mispronounce this. I'm going to mispronounce everything. In 420 BC, which made me laugh really hard, he ended up having the image of As Asclepius put in Asclepius? his house. Asclepius? Asclepius, there we go. Thank you. Um, because he, the city didn't have a proper place for this, right? The cult it belonged to was out of options. And they're like, you seem like a pretty chill dude. Can we keep this in your house? And this was somebody who was kind of one of the offshoots of like um, for health and wellness and the all that old stuff anyway. So like I said, he lived a pretty long time. He was mm -hmm. either 90 or 91. That's pretty solid, especially at that time frame. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about how he died. Um, mm -hmm. none, of, none of these are probably true, but there was one where that <laughs> said he strained too hard thinking of a long sentence from Antigone and he said it out loud without pausing for breath. Um, there was a belief that he choked eating grapes at a festival in Athens or died from happiness winning in a play contest. Um, favorite part of studying about him, he definitely flirted with and slept with young men. There was a whole... Yes. Somebody had, had written a bunch of stuff that he was saying to this one guy at a competition. Mm -hmm. um, so just remember, tabloids have always been around and always will be. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, is a crater on the planet Mercury named after him? Yes. Uh, I do love how they name planets, moons, and craters. Like around Jupiter, all of the moons around Jupiter are named after uh, his lovers, including Ganymede. So the idea that Ganymede's just up there like, you dirty bitch. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining that. Just Ganymede up there like, you dirty bitch. So you had written a note here too. Yeah, so Richard Wagner, uh, who was the uh, chief artist for King Ludwig II, one of my favorite monarchs of all time, he wrote a whole ass, basically like gender swap fan fiction of this called Parsifal. Uh, don't watch it. Nazis really love it. Can I put that note there? Don't watch this. Nazis really love it. Yeah. Uh, like most of Wagner's work, uh, Nazis eat this shit up. They, oh my god, Hitler loved Wagner's work so much. Uh, so, it's not a bad opera at all, but just, just a heads up, Nazis really loved this. So, it could be a dog whistle. This is why I haven't delved into the Golden Ring cycle by Wagner, because I'm just like, no, 
No. Yeah, every time I see a every time I see a Thor's hammer pendant, I get to play my favorite game. Are you a chill pagan or are you a white supremacist? We play that game in the community as well. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it's a fun game for anyone. I don't think it's oh, a fun. Oh, it's a super unfun game, especially when <laughs> there are certain people who have been in certain groups for a long period of time, and then they show their hand, and everybody's like, "What?" Yeah, I don't think it's a fun game for anyone involved. That are you a white supremacist or are you a friend? Uh, so yeah, Nazis super like it, but it's chill. Uh, we have some resources for you. As usual, lots of Wikipedia, lots of YouTube. Also, there's a pretty good Crash Course Literature episode on this. It's a two-parter. Uh, but yeah, lots of Wikipedia, lots of us being nerds, because we've both probably have read this too many times, which leads us to the question of the day. Uh, did you have to read this in school? I had to entirely too many times starting when I was in high school, which do not make high schoolers read books about incest and gouging eyes out. Please. <laughs> I remember reading it in college and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. This went from like zero to 60 very quickly. Yep. You're sitting there and you're reading it and you're like, okay, he's going to do like this investigation. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like the last five minutes of SVU. <laughs> oh, law and order. Or the first five minutes of Supernatural. <laughs> Listen. My goal in life is to never end up being the person in the first five minutes of Supernatural or X-Files. My goal is to just never be in Supernatural. The car went to heaven. What? I didn't finish the show. I'm going to be honest. Spoiler for the end of the series, Victoria. The car goes to heaven. Cass goes to super hell. Because he admits having gay feelings for Dean. Dean doesn't react. But Cass goes to super hell for being gay. Destiel was canon. They canonized Destiel. And then Cass went to super hell. Because he admitted gay feelings. And the series ends by having Dean and Sam in the Apollo in heaven as Carry On, My Wayward Son plays one more time. Roll credits. The car goes to heaven. So this feels suspiciously <laughs> like when my friend came home from the last Twilight book release party and sat me down on the couch and tapped my hand and I said, oh God, what's wrong? And she goes, so I read this book in line tonight. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. She started to give me the play-by-play -play of it. And I said, are you sure this isn't fan fiction? It is not. The car goes to heaven. I think one of the things that I've really, really liked from <laughs> doing research, question marks, aka reading a lot of shit on Amazon Kindle, is comparing the stuff that's been traditionally published versus the stuff that's been independently published and realizing that the longer a writer works for a traditional publishing company, the less editing they do. This happened with Laurel K. Hamilton. This happened with Anne Rice. This happened with 
basically every major writer that I've seen. Because you slightly get more power and then the editor can't tell you what to do anymore. Yeah. But sometimes it's necessary. Yep. And then... <sighs> but the car went I, to heaven. I... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I had a friend who was like, you really need to finish watching Supernatural. And I said, no, you I, do not. I made it to like the end of 10th season. And I was like, but they're repeating storylines. I can't do this anymore. It's really frustrating. Now, keep in mind, I love Rowena. I think she's amazing. That's that was fun for me. Anything that has to do with uh, the King of Hell is hilarious to me. Um, but holy shit. Like, I kept going, wait, why did we? We'd already did this. A few seasons mm -hmm. back, my friend's like, no, it's totally worth finishing. You need to watch yep. it. There I, feel better. I feel better now. Yeah. Uh, Destiel is canon. Let that sink in. Destiel was canon for five minutes. And then Cass. And then we killed, we killed our gays. Yeah. Because he had gay feelings. And Dean doesn't react at all. There's not a pause. There's nothing. It's just he keeps on going. Cass, the person who's been by his side for a literal decade, admits to having gay feelings for him. The only impure feelings he's ever had as an angel admits that to him. Says, I love you. Not acknowledged at all. He gripped him tight and raised him from perdition, and this is how he responds? Fuck that. Fuck you, Jensen. You know what's really fun? I Lucifer kind of got this way, too, at the end. Like, I, I haven't watched the last two episodes of Lucifer because I got so fucking sick of it. So sick of it. We're going to get Baron Von Cheeseplay is going to complain about us whinging again. So do you want to wrap things up? Sure. Baron Von Cheeseplay, we love you. He will message me and he's like, y'all sure were whinging at the end. It's like, yeah, we know. This we know. is my God given right as a fangirl. So let's wrap things up before Baron Von Cheeseplate has something to complain about. Uh, have we read this? Yes, too many times. Tori, what is next month? We are reading Murders in the Rue Morgue. It is also Spooky Month. Uh, spooky Month may look a little bit different because I have some shit going on. Some of it's fun shit. Some of it's amazing shit. But I have some shit going on and I will be very, very busy. And I'm going to Vegas for a weekend. <laughs> Oh, I, and I'm taking Bobby with me. Because now I'm just going to refer to my husband as Bobby. <laughs> and Amanda's just going to look mad for the rest of eternity. See, and you said it. Tonight. <laughs> 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 I just wanted to see yes, what you were going to be the Impala. <laughs> <laughs> No, bitch. I'm the safe room. <laughs> I quit. I quit our friendship. I quit this podcast. I quit. No, I can never look at your husband now. <laughs> now, if you come over to my house, I'm just going to make him wear like a trucker cap. <laughs> <laughs> I will slap that bitch off his head. I quit. Oh. We will see you in a couple of weeks for Spooky Month. I have to go rinse my memories. I now understand why Oedipus gouged out his eyes. Stay safe. I back full circle. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Read a book. Don't 
The car went to heaven. Bye. <laughs> yes, I want to stop the recording. Oh my god, please. Why are you like this? Oh my god. It won't let you stop. <laughs> it won't let me stop. I am in hell. I am in hell. I am in mega hell. What <laughs> the heck? No! Why won't it let me in the recording? Please, God. Well, Satan is real. We found him. Satan's real, apparently, and I've offended him. I said this image of Apollo being like, you guys kept saying prophecy was bullshit. Let me keep this recording going. No, I need this recording, please. Forever and ever. No, I need this recording. Oh my god. And I'm afraid to close out, because if I close out, I can't lose this video. Oh my god, stop the recording. (laughs) This is the weirdest thing. Melon has never done this before. Why have you ruined it? It's because I it's because of what I said, isn't it? It is. It's how dare you sexualize Bobby. Shame oh, on you. Oh. This feels like the uh I will protect Elena. I will always protect Elena. Oh my god. Why did you have to sexualize Bobby? See, you ruined it by having to sexualize him. See, and I can't even bring up the app in general to see if it recorded. This is terrifying because I don't want to close this out and us not have this video. However, let's see. Oh, I think I know what's wrong. I think it's because I'm having internet issues. But for some reason, this is still up. Yeah, this is weird. Yes, I want to stop the recording. I've been wanting to stop the recording for a while. Because the whole thing is weirdly frozen. Okay. If this episode doesn't exist, (laughs) I don't know what to say. That's okay. If this is the episode that gets lost, but I'm going to hard close out and see, because like the whole thing is like very, very weirdly frozen. So I think I'm going to have to hard close out, but at very least you can dip uh, and I'll see if I can fix this. Okay. Okay, bye. Godspeed. Don't send the car to heaven. Oh my god. Bye. Bye. <laughs>